Hey everybody, welcome to episode 8 of the Louisville Sluggers podcast. I'm here with my co-host Jake Moore, and we're here to discuss some of the recent uh, free agent signings and some trades that have gone on. And uh, Jake's going to share with me his 1970s pretty much all-star team. Is that what he, all-decade team? Yeah, all-decade team. Gotcha. All right, Jake, where do you want to start? Man, you know, so uh, a couple couple of big things happened this week. Mad Bum, 85 for 5. Um, to the Diamondbacks. That was a yeah. good signing by the Diamondbacks. He's not the same guy he was a few years ago, but, you know, nice piece. And then, obviously, Kluber going to my Rangers. So Yeah, yeah. So you said 85 million five years? Yes, 85 over five years, which is, you know, less than actually what I thought he was going to I think he was going to get 100, 100 plus. Um, but he is getting older, and he – didn't do so well in the second half last year. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how this works out for everybody. He did get fifteen million dollars deferred, I believe. Mm, okay. So I mean, that's always good for the player whenever they defer some money. So yeah, I uh, apparently he owns some horses down in Arizona, and also if uh, and the taxes is a little different in Arizona, so he's not taxed as much. And if and that was some of it. Uh, some of what made him choose Arizona was because. In order for him to get the same in the end, uh, a West Coast team would have to put up a hundred something or more. So yeah, I think taxes definitely um, hurt teams like Toronto that have the high tax in Canada, and then uh, New York and California have some of the higher um, personal income tax rates. Yeah, in, absolutely. In the, like Miami and uh, Texas have the advantage of the fact that we do not have state income tax. Right. So players get now. You do have the fact that the games that you do play in California or you do play wherever there is an income tax, you are subject to paying salary on those games that you played in those states. Mm. Not, not You're not just getting paid as a Texan. You're getting, right. you're, you know, you right. have to pay taxes man, in each and every state. That's got, man, I'd hate to be an accountant for MLB. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah well, for, forget the players. It's good money, the, I bet, it's, though. It's the players that, have to, that yeah. have to pay for it, so it's a bummer for them. But Yeah, true. They have to have a dedicated accountant. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, well, and, and I've read stories of accountants that screwed over players like Jorge Posada, like lost tons of money because of a, a bad accountant. Yeah, I mean, bad accounting and bad investments has is, is right. hurt a lot of guys over the years for sure. Yeah, and bad purchases. All right, but we're not here to talk about their financial situations. <laughs> They're doing better than we can We can do are. our own 30 for 30 broke <laughs> one <just> day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so what do you think of this? I think it's great for the Diamondbacks. Oh, I, I do too. Um you know, I, I'm kind of always – they're kind of just in the middle of the pack or bottom of the pack team. So, I like to I like the signing. Maybe they're going to go try to make a push and push to win the West this year. Um, they still have to do some chasing to beat the Dodgers, and the Rockies are obviously a really good team out there. And, right. Um, the West is going to be a really competitive division, I think, this year with the Padres, Machado, Tatis Jr. I think they're going to get better. Um, but I do like this signing for the Diamondbacks if, if they're trying to make a push to be competitive in the NL West. Yeah, I think it's a great signing for them. So that kind of leads me to my next question. Who do you think – I'm going to give my guesses as to who's going to win each division. Um, so I'm going to start with the AL East. I think it's going to be the Yankees again. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, I think when it comes to uh, AL Central, I think, it's, I think there's something interesting here happening, right? So Tampa Bay, they fought really hard to make it to the wild card. And they were in that, you know, Angels were fighting at that last week, but then it just didn't work out for them. Uh, but with Rendon, you know, I'm, I'm a little curious how, how, how he's going to impact their team um, and with a healthy Otani as well, right? Pitcher and hitter can kind of help them out on the offensive and defensive end. Uh, 
I think they might be, I think it might be a Tampa Angels wild card. Um, I think uh, while the Rangers just picked up Kluber for a great deal, uh, trading away uh, Delino and DeShields Jr. and who else? Uh, Clay's reliever um, apparently has some really good stuff. I actually don't know much about the guy. Yeah. Um, Just, you know, I think they stole Kluber. But oh, I don't yeah. think he's also the same guy he was a few years ago. Kind of like, kind of like Bumgarner in that aspect. Right. Um. St- still, I'm super excited to have him on the team. I think it's a great trade for the Rangers. Oh, absolutely, I'm, wonderful know, trade uh, coming into trade. this new Globe Life field. Which, did you hear about this? We'll get back to the uh, who had predictions. But did you hear there was a fire the other day? I, I did. See, I'm not surprised because it happens at a lot of stadiums. Um. With welders and electric welders love to catch electrical rooms on fire. So I'm not surprised at all. This it actually happened at the um, Baylor Stadium down in Waco wow. a few years back. So I'm not surprised at all. It's just part of construction. I'm in it, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my dad was he was he went to Texas Live um, and he sent me a video, and he's like, "Hey, good. Here's some good stuff for the podcast to talk about." <laughs> That's awesome. And then it was crazy. It's like you know, it it didn't get on news until later. Uh, so going back to these predictions. I I honestly, even though the Astros and their uh, cheating scandal is going on, I still think they're the team to beat. I mean, they still have Verlander and Granke, so I think they're going to get it. I think they're going to get another. Uh, they won uh, the West. Title. Yeah, yeah. I, I have them winning the West. Um, oh, I, they're the West or the Central? Sorry. They're the West. The West. Oh, sorry, I've been yeah talking um, about the Central. I, I definitely have them in the winning the West. Um, uh, Indian, uh, man, I think the Indians are going to have a really nice year next year. Yeah, um, but they're I, in the central, think, right? Yes, but yeah. I do think the Twins are going to pull that one off. I think it's going to be kind of a, oh, a Twins. Kind of a re- I think it's going to be again. Tigers. Yeah, I think it's going to be kind of a repeat of last year um, yeah. as far as wild card and wild card winners. Rocco Baldelli is going to take the Twins. Um, mm, yeah, I really, I really again. like, I like him a lot. Yeah, I, I thought he did as, really it was, good. It's a shame what happened to him as a player. He had a really, um, you know, unfortunate. Um, deal as a player where he wasn't able to continue playing because of his, you know, um, I guess nervous system kept mm. breaking down on him and he couldn't play. And he's, he has some kind of condition. I'm not sure the exact name, but um, tw- I have Twins win the Central. Um, Yankees win the East. Yeah. Um, do, do you think that Tampa Bay and Angels is a good wild card prediction? Yes, I do. I I really like the Angels um, to come in second. I think they're going to make a push for the West at the end of the year, but I, don't, I just don't think they're going to have enough gas mm. um, or enough starting pitching, and I think that's right. what carries you through, right. the, through the regular season is, is guys that just can eat innings, which is yeah. what guys like Verlander, guys like Greenkey can do for you. And even if guys like Verlander and Greenkey are not necessarily winning you games or keeping you in games and you're, yeah. they're saving the bullpen from being taxed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my only knock on the Yankees is, is – so their biggest weakness was their bullpen, and they went out and got a starting pitcher and not any bullpen help, and their bullpen was trash ah, in the postseason. I totally disagree. So not, I just, in the postseason, I, I thought they were pretty lights out for the most part. But regular season, the starting the starting pitching is what – I mean, they pulled Paxton after like two and a half innings in what, the ALCS in, in Houston. I had to add an asterisk to that, but – uh, the bullpen was gassed. Yeah, Otto Vino looked like crap. That's true, very true. Uh, but I don't think all of them were bad. They just no, gave no, up. They just gave it up at the wrong time. Yeah, I mean, I just they need to go get better guys or just. I, I they think, got a new I pitching think, coach. I think that's the biggest thing, right? It's the training. Like, 
they got rid of uh i can't even think of his Larry name Ross thank you how did i not know that yeah yeah so, you're a yankee fan yeah i know you? i you know we're moving on though we're on matt blake i've already forgotten you know i'll i'll steam ahead here matt blake's looking good man he was there part of the cool meetings and and they really they really believe in this guy what's crazy is he got a promotion with his with the uh, organization i think it might have been with the indians but if i'm wrong just correct me but um yeah, he got a promotion, and then like two or three days later, the Yankees offered him the pitching coach job, which is crazy. My whole thing is about about coaches at this level is these guys are consummate professionals. They have their craft. I'm not sure how much extra good they're going to do um, as far as coaching these guys up, so to speak. These guys are all professionals. So, you know, you got 27, 28, 30-something-year-old men. You give these guys tips and tricks, but for the most part, they're stuck in their ways and they have their mechanics and they have their habits and you can help them out here and there, but I don't think they're going to have as much as an impact as some guys like to think. I don't think it's like football where, you know, offensive and defensive coordinator, linebackers coach is making that big of an impact in the game. Now I might be wrong, but you know, I just think at that level, it's not as important as it is at maybe the minor leagues or the college level. So, but I think you got a good point. I think you got a good point. Um, so National League side, I think the Dodgers are going to take it again, right? Yeah, I mean, I have man, I have the Dodgers in the West. Um, yeah, you know, Arizona sound mad bum is going to help them out a little bit. Colorado, yeah, what's it going to push them over? to? Uh, Eighty-eight wins instead uh, of eighty-five. I yeah, mean, I don't think they're going to get that much better. Right. I mean. Dodgers were up 21 games. I mean, that's the biggest gap of last year heading into the postseason. No and, way they were coming close. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's a it's, there's a big talent gap out there out west. Um, Colorado, you know, they got some nice pieces and players, but they're just not there. Yeah. Same thing with the Padres. You know, they're exciting and young, and I'm glad they got the new jerseys, and that's cool and dandy. I just don't think anybody's – the Dodgers have the west on lockdown for the next couple of years at least. Yeah, and okay, you know, hey, let's let's say, well, you got to remember about the wild card fair. You know, Arizona got eighty five, uh, Milwaukee got eighty nine, but the Washington Nationals got ninety three. So if you're not at eighty nine or ninety and up, you're gonna have a hard time. You got to make, you got to get at least ninety, I think, to to kind of punch your ticket almost to a wild card. Yeah, I think more or less. I mean, some years are different than others. And, right, of course, of course. You know, like. Um, you know, you'll have teams that win 91 games, and, and they were the and, highest, yeah. And and you know they'll they'll win their division, or they might win 91 91 games and not even make the postseason. It's true you know, too. It's just it's, it's just, a, it's just luck of the draw, and yep. you know luck at luck of the year. Well, this year we had four teams with 100 wins, and you know it's or it, more. So and it's and it was a great year for baseball. And then you know had Atlanta that won 97, and that, Atlanta was a really fun team to watch this year too. Yeah, so I think personally. Brewers are going to take it over the, over the Cardinals because they were only two games back. That's pretty close. That's neck and neck. I think I'm going to go with Brewers for the NL Central and for the NL East because we're not talking about them too much. Okay, you got the defending champs and Braves. Braves had a good lead. Um, Mets now, though, they do have depth in their starting rotation. Um, and I was thinking about it yesterday because I was like, wait, okay, they got Mats, they got Syndergaard, uh, they did lose Wheeler. They did. They did lose Wheeler. That's very true. They got Porcello. They have their two-time Cy Young winner. Great, Jacob Degrom. He's yeah, an awesome pitcher. And uh, they have Waka now, and I they also have Stroman. Do. They have a six-man rotation. I, I, 
Yeah. It's not bad though. It's, I'm not saying bummed. it's great though. No, no, no. It's it's actually very good. It's if, it's good. It's got some depth. Just, if they can give Degrom some run support, they'll be great. Right. It's it kills me when a guy that's ten and eleven or ten and twelve. Yeah. Wins a Cy Young, but he, but he deserved it because he had an yep. outstanding yeah, but, ERA. It just right. they they need to get it done. They just can't get it done in, in yeah. you know yeah in Queens. Right. Um, that's hey, I would love to have an extra starting pitcher in the bullpen I, just to have. Oh yeah, any guy that can spot start or go long relief or you right. know kind of kind of bridge the gap every now and then. Yeah, it's just hard to do in the National League when you have to carry an extra bench player. Yeah, and you don't and have next a DH, year we're going to twenty six. Right? So, well that that is that is true and that is nice. I don't like the fact that the Nationals win the um, that they win it all and they let Rendon just walk. Mm. Um, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna take a step back. I think they'll still make the playoffs. I think they'll go to the wild card. You think, they they're gonna go, you think they'll grab Donaldson? Not to interrupt, but you think they'll grab Donaldson <sighs> to replace Rendon? Yeah, but I don't. I don't think Donaldson's near the player he was when he was an MVP type mm. player um, a few years ago with the Blue Jays, and I'm really not sure which Josh Donaldson we're, they're gonna get. Right, of course. Um, yeah, comeback player of the year. I think we spoke about that last podcast, but that's one year. You need to see they they probably want some consistency in that department, especially coming off losing Rendon. You know they want to make sure they they have a good third baseman, and and I don't know if I would give Donaldson a five or a four year deal. I'm, I'm thinking three. I think I think he'll go there. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think well I think there's a good chance that he'll go there, but I just don't think he's going to be able to produce like he has in the past or like Rendon did. Yeah. Um, last year, I, and the Braves are man. The Braves are young and exciting. They are. And they, flashy I was about I just, to say they got a, a, a you know Acuna Junior. Right. Love him. Oh, me too. And they have another player too that he was like off and on. Or am I thinking of Acuna who got hurt? He came back. He was tearing it up, and he got hurt again. Yeah. Was that was that Acuna? I, I, I believe that's right. Yeah. I I think they'll get it again. I don't catch as much nationally as I used to, just because the Braves don't play on TBS near as much, and um. You know, you think those are some solid choices? I I do. Okay, I, I, li- I like it. And now, what do you think the wild card's going to be then? You think so it's going to be national? You I, think national? I think it's are- going to be the same. I think it's going to be the same. I think it's Brewers. Gonna, um, Nat- no, okay. I'll, I'll have the Brewers win the division. Right, right, so right. St. Louis so punching their Cardinals ticket. And and, yeah, Nationals? I, th- I think okay. it's going to be the same okay. in the same in the NL as it was last year. I'm up for that. I agree, 100. percent I think we've covered them all, right? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. All right, Jake, you wanted to talk to me and share with me your 70s decade team. What players you got here? I'm actually anxious to see this. this history is kind of more your department and your baseball knowledge. I'm, I'm kind of learning. I'll try, yeah. to, I'll try to get the 60s team. I love, I love history in general, but um, baseball history especially is just, is just awesome to me. So in 70s, baseball was maybe one of the best times that we've had. I don't think the game's ever been better, but – Everybody can look fondly. We've had some of the best players ever on this list. So, yeah, you 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 tell me those players, and what I'll try to do is try to get their stats for that decade and okay. and kind of compare and and kind of see how they all form a great squad. Sure. So I'll do um I'm gonna do my pitchers last. Okay. Um. So we'll actually I take it back. I'll do my relief pitchers. Um, and then I'll do my starting pitchers last. Sure. So relief pitchers, I got Goose Gossage and Raleigh Fingers, two of the best in the business. Um, and they, this was in the time that relief pitchers didn't pitch the ninth. They pitched the seventh, eighth, and ninth, or they pitched the eighth and the ninth. Um, so it was a little different time. So I got those two guys. Catcher, Johnny Bench, um, that's a no-doubter. There's Johnny Bench, and there's everyone else that's ever been a backstop. Right. 
first base, I have Rod Carew, who he also played some second. Um, high average guy, a lot of hits. Not a lot of pop for a guy that played first, but this was a little bit different era where you didn't need as much pop out of guys. Joe Morgan, second base, um, arguably best second baseman ever. I have him on my list as my best second baseman ever. Third base, Mike Schmidt, best ever third baseman, no doubt. Um, you know, Brooks Robinson was awesome with the glove, but Mike Schmidt could hit and hit for power, and he was awesome with the glove, and he was a three-time MVP. Now, he didn't do all that in the 70s, but he played, you know, I believe 72 and then on into the 80s. Shortstop, um, Dave Concepcion, part of the Big Red Machine with the Reds, really good with the glove. Not a Hall of Fame type guy, um, just a really, really solid defensive player. Um, outfield, I have Willie Stargell, Cesar Cedeno, and then the straw that stirs the drink, Reggie Jackson. Mr. Gotcha. October himself. <laughs> um, if I had to have a fourth outfielder, I have Carl Yastrzemski, but to me, he's more of a 60s hero. Um, he did a lot of his damage in the 60s. Not that he was a nice player in the 70s, but these guys were just a little better. Uh, pitching, my number two pitcher, Ron Guidry. Um, nah, I'd say back. Number two, Jim Palmer. Number three, Ron Guidry. Um, number number. Number four guy, Steve Carlton. Number five, Gaylord Perry, who, um, for all you guys that are baseball purists, Gaylord, Gaylord Perry liked to scuff the baseball up. Um, and then my best player and my number one pitcher of the 70s is the franchise, Mr. Met himself, Tom Seaver. Ooh, it's probably why you're wearing that Mets hat uh, right now. Huh? Yep, that's exactly right. Talking <laughs> about the 1970s, got to wear the hat of the best player of that era. Um now Tom, Tom Seaver was amazing, and all the, all these pitchers were on this roster. Um, you know, he had guys like Frank Tanana in this that were really good pitchers. Um, Nolan Ryan was in the '70s, but no one doesn't crack that list because no one just wasn't as good as these guys. Catfish Hunter is another one, um, but he's you know again this is a five man rotation. He didn't make the cut, so that's my 1970s uh, all decade team. All right. Thanks for sharing, man. Um, how about this? How about we highlight about three or four players and kind of go through their stats? I have so I have uh, I have Rich Gossage, Goose Gossage's stats right here. Let me pull them up uh, from '92 to 1979. So his average in those years, well, is a 3.14 ERA. He had 55 wins, 59 losses. Uh, 910 innings pitched. That's quite a bit, in my opinion. Um, and his hits per nine were about 7.4. Home runs per nine, 0. 0.6. Uh, walks per nine, 4.1. Strikeouts per nine, 7.2. So why did you pick uh, Mr. Goose Gossage himself? You know, he had a really good body of work um, with the Yankees. Yeah. And with the Padres. But, he, I mean, he was just... He played for me, three teams during this time. He, to, yeah, to me, he was just like one of those guys you hand the ball to, and he just seemed to be lights out. Now, I mean, I wasn't there in the, right. to watch this guy and everything, but just from his body of work and from you know how he's held in regard, relievers are not valued in the Hall of Fame, um, is, and I believe they shouldn't be as well regarded as starters because their job isn't near as hard as a starter's job is. Mm. Um, so 
Yeah. You know, I, I got him on my list. Sure, sure. Yeah, so he played a total of 22 years, uh, spent seven of it with the Yankees, uh, five with the Chicago White Sox, four with the Padres, two with Oakland, one with the Giants, one with the Pirates, one with Texas, one with the Cubs, and one with Seattle. So he spent 16 years in the AL and seven in, in the National League. So who's, who's your next player? I think it's a good choice. I, I, I would say anytime I see him in a video game, I know video game stats aren't <laughs> accurate. But everybody knows who he is. He right. has that baseball legend status. Yes, he does. And you're going to put him on your squad. You're sure. not going to pass him up for anybody else. I'd like to talk about Rod Carew next. Sure, absolutely. Let me pull him up. And, you know, Rod Carew is a really nice player. Like I said earlier, not a lot of pop. Um, didn't need a lot of pop in that day, though. And I did play some second base. Yeah, he played 19 um, years. I believe he is, if I'm not mistaken, he's actually the logo. Um, pe- oh. people, people, can say, people can say otherwise because if you look at the MLB logo, uh-huh. you can view it as either a left-handed or a right-handed right. batter, right. which is really I've cool. Always, it is, absolutely. Um, As someone who for, makes logos, I find it to be one of my favorite logos. He played for the Twins and he played for the Angels. Um, You know. Yeah. he was. I mean, he was an all-star every single year of his career except for his last one. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? So Who's <clears> been... 18-time All-Star. Who's yep. ever never heard of that before? Um, I believe Hank Aaron was a little bit more. But, you know, 3,000 hits. Um, just, just a contact guy. 328 lifetime. Um, just, you know. Yeah. So, all right. So, I got a stats right here. 1970 to 1979. Uh, batting average, 343 in that span. Uh, On-base percentage, uh, .408, which is amazing. And I would say an on uh, on base plus slugging eight sixty two. I mean, if you're over the eight fifty mark, I think you're already stellar. Yeah, in my and, personal opinion, that's. You and know. that being said, for Rod Carew is a guy that has less than a hundred home runs in his career. Yeah. So this guy wasn't hitting the ball out of the park, but the yeah ninety two. Wow. The pl- the plus slugging comes in the fact that you know he hit in his era, he hit quite a few triples, but. In the era of baseball as a whole, mm. he's not. I don't believe he cracks the top hundred. Mm. So, so he has lifetime three thousand fifty three hits. So he's over the three thousand mark. Punch your ticket. There you go. Uh, so, but if we're going back to that decade, 1979, he had a, a one thousand seven hundred eighty seven hits, two hundred forty one doubles, eighty triples, sixty home runs. So I would say majority of. <laughs> Yeah. Two thirds of his almost career. Um, 628 RBIs. That comes out on for a per 162 games. That's 75 a season. I mean, that's pretty good, in my opinion. 75? For a guy that's not your middle of the order um, and he's your he's a contact guy, that, that's really good. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think Elvis last year had like 72 or something like that. And my I think goodness. Elvis had a nice year. So, yeah. And you got to think, too. The '70s, they were coming out of a time where they just started making changes to the to the off to favor the offense. Yeah, they had just lowered the mound. Um, I believe in '69, after '68, um, Gibson had his 1-1-2 ERA, and then Denny McLean won 31 games for the Tigers. So they were trying to move the game in the direction of the offense. Hmm. So, you know, I think this was kind of a result of that, and you know, he's a product of his time. Again, great player, 
Love Rod Carew. Yeah. Uh, that's why I want to talk about him. Yeah, you mentioned him very first episode of the podcast, and I was like, man, I don't even know who you're talking about. And, <laughs> you know, I was somebody told me and who listens to the show, like, yeah, you got it. Keep Jake on. He's got great history, baseball, great baseball knowledge. So I'm looking at his war from that era and uh, that decade, and per 650 PA uh, plate appearances, he has a 6.2 war. I Man, you're going to want anybody on your team who's over five. Yeah, I mean. Anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And he was just able to replicate it year in and year out. And I think there's a huge thing to be said for guys like Rod Carew that, again, not a ton of power. But, man, his his average, he hit for such a high average, you know, in that era. Yeah. And. Absolutely. Just just a consistent as you could ask for. And a guy that, you know, he played multiple positions and was an all-star. Yeah, 343. Three forty three average. Who does that? That's great. I mean, he. he I love all the, the. When I go back and look at these old school stats, and I'm, I'm amazed because I I'm upset I didn't get to see them play. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And you know, he was um he was an all star, um, he yeah. was an all star for yeah. the for the, sorry for the Twins in seventy seven, and then um, he won the in, I'm sorry he won the batting title, six times in the seventies. Wow. So you know that just goes to say. You know what kind of what kind of guy Rod Carew was. So you know, that's um. Yeah, he got the MVP vote in '77. Yeah, I mean, he just he had a really nice he had a really nice career in the '70s. Run, I mean, just yeah, in yeah. Total, he, but in '67, he got Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I mean, he's he was awesome. Um, next guy I would like to talk about would be Johnny Bench. Okay. Because you know, I used to think that Pudge was better than everybody, but. You know, reading some more stats and reading some more depth into it, Johnny Bench was just Mr. Do-It-All. Wow. Oh, man. Better stats than Rod Carew, it seems. Yeah. So oh, let me yeah. run through these stats real quick. Uh, 1,396 hits, uh, 264 doubles, 18 triples, 290 home runs. 60 was for Rod Carew. Yep. 1,013 RBIs. That's incredible. Um the batting average is 267, interestingly. Not great, but no. I believe on on uh let me get to the rest real quick. Uh so on base percentage uh 349, uh slugging 491, so his on base plus slugging is around 840. So, I mean, like I think I said it a little bit ago, yeah. 850 and up, you know, but 840 is kind of right there. You so. you're right there and um thinking about thinking about bench, you know, and, and that team, the 75-76 Reds, um, that team was really, really good and amazing. And I believe he hit five. I think I believe he hit in the five spot on that team. Wow. Um, you know, like I said, he, he's the best He's the best uh, catcher that the game's ever seen. He had a hose for an arm. and you know, 389 people, people, total home runs as a catcher. Yeah, seventeen he, years. Yeah, he had a he had a great career. Yeah, he I really didn't even did. know. So there's like I I'm just not you know I I fell in love with baseball early two thousands. Sure. And uh, you know my family, you know most of, most of it came from my mom's side and my dad's side wasn't really big into sports. So everything for me has been, you know I got my Yankee passion for my mom and her sister was a Mets fan, so they had that Subway series going on in the house. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and that's one of those things with with all these players now and kind of that like, we talked with Nate about the let's, let the kids play mentality and it, the game has changed so much in our lifetime. 
and you know a lot of the players are our age or maybe a couple years older so you know i'm actually i wonder where it's going to be 10 years from now you know who am i going to be watching uh, you know, is Stanton still going to be in left field? <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's going to be last. Yeah, I think he's going to be long gone, actually. But you know that again, eight years from nine years from now, Cole's still going to be pitching. So you know that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I enjoy these bits. I enjoy these little historical situations. So Johnny Bench with these advanced metrics too. Uh, his WAR uh, per 650 plate appearance is 6.4. So another player that you would really want on your team. And, and this is one of those cases where that batting average is one of those stats where it just kind of really doesn't matter when you look at the grand totals. You know, and it's um, you, that used to be the end-all, be-all. Right. Was, you know, you're looking for a 300-400 slash line, 300-400-500 type guy. Right. Um, but, you know, if, if a guy is still a 400-500 slash type guy, who cares if he's sitting 262? Yeah, exactly. Who, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, so if he's getting on base and you know producing, and that was what Bench did on on both sides of the yeah both sides of the game. Yeah, I got to do some more research on Johnny Bench. <coughs> um, Jake, you got another player you want to get through? Um, yeah, I'd like to talk. Man, I mean, I like to talk about the franchise. Let's talk about Tom Seaver. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we can keep going on this list. Um, uh, I think we got it down here. You know, we have um, you know. The ace on the staff, uh, Tom Seaver, you know, Miracle Mets in 69, and, you know, Nolan Ryan, wild arm, 19-year-old, and, um, you know, Texas badass, Jerry Grote caught them both. <laughs> um, but Tom Seaver was the man, and, um, you know, he's not doing so well in health uh, these days, so, you know, keep Tom Seaver in your thoughts. But he was a really nice player for, for the Mets for a long time, and then, Back in, um, he spent some years in Cincinnati. I believe he recorded his 300th win in Cincinnati. If not, it was for the White Sox. Mm. Yeah, can't I can't do this quick math, but uh, yeah. So looking at his stats from 1970 1979, he had 178 wins, 101 losses. Uh, it's a win loss percentage of 0.638. So that's pretty great. Uh, an ERA, which let me let me drop this one on you 2.61 yeah that's i mean that's unreal it is um, unreal you know like i said that they had just lowered the mounds um you know after 68 so he's kind of in that era where often started to climb just a little bit as just as a result of that just mm. from that not from guys getting better or whatever um so he had to battle that but you know yeah innings pitch 2652.1 uh, hits per nine, 7.1. Uh, walks per nine, 2.5. Strikeout per nine, 7.8. Home runs per nine, 0. 0.6. Uh, his whip was uh, 1.073. So that's also fantastic. Uh, yeah, Jake, you're pulling a lot of great players here. Uh, I need to get on the ball and uh, <laughs> try to get my 60s decade team, and, and hopefully we can go through that together. But yeah, what a career. I mean, looking at these numbers, you know, he spent 12 years with the Mets, six with Cincinnati, three with the White Sox, one year with Boston. So total of 20 years in the game, um, 311 wins, 205 losses. Uh, so that's a win-loss about 603, and career ERA 2.86. I mean, wow, fantastic, fantastic year. Um so he got the Cy Young Award three times. 
and he had several all-star uh, appearances, and he also won Rookie of the Year. So these are some awesome stats to look at. And he was a great ambassador for the game. Um, he got into broadcasting after um, after he was done playing. He did some work with the Mets and for the Yankees. Um, so, you know, just, just got – I love guys like that that, yeah, man, Tom Seaver, Mr. Met, franchise guy, um, or I'm sorry, the franchise. Yeah. But also when he's done playing, he's giving back to the game and, and, and just being an ambassador for the game and trying to help this game grow, which is, I mean, hey, that's why me and you are here. Is we're just trying to help this game grow on whatever small scale we can. Right, right. And his – uh. Yeah, what he does for the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I always like to include war and wins above replacement. And in this case, uh, per 162 games, 6.6. So, so far you've thrown me, is it three players, four players? I think we're on, so we've done um, Crew. Yeah, Johnny Bench. On, Johnny Bench. I think we're on, yeah, we I think we're Gossage. three player. So this Can is our fourth. Yeah. Um, and I believe all these players so far have at least had over four. Or five, in terms of war. Yeah, I think all these guys are around four plus and yeah, more. four plus. I mean, that's already looking good. Yeah, absolutely. you know, because nowadays you have teams who they're okay with a catcher who might have negative, you know, point five, but you know, he you you don't have a starting catcher. You know what I mean? Right. Or you'll make the trade for one. Who who is at least a one point five or a two? It's one of those things. Um, so all right, Jake, throw me your next player. Uh, I like I like this list you got. Um, Joe Morgan. Okay. Best second baseman ever, in my humble opinion. Um, number two hitter for the Big Red Machine. Um, he did hit in the three hole for some time. They moved Ken Griffey Senior up. Um. He did. They did move Ken Griffey Senior up to the two spot, but Joe Morgan liked hitting in the two better because he didn't like guys running in front of him. So <laughs> he um, uh, so he got start off as a Houston Colt yeah. forty five. Yeah, and then he got bumped. <laughs> he got um, bumped over to. So from the seventies to seventy nine, he was he only missed out on an All Star once that in that decade, which is pretty impressive. Uh, so looking at these stats, he played a combination of Houston and Cincinnati. Um, his ERA, I'm sorry, ERA, <laughs> his hits was 1,451. He had 275 doubles, 47 triples, 173 RBIs. Or I'm sorry, 173 home runs, 720 RBIs, which that's fantastic right there, I think. And a batting average of 282, on base percentage 404, slugging 455, and on base plus slugging 860. So over that 850 mark, as I've been trying to say and repeat, because that's uh, an important stat to consider. And and I think, you know, on base slugging and on base plus slugging, while that's been a common common terms thrown in the last th- three to five years, I, I, I kind of hope soon that you're going to see that in, in the little in the little bar of a player profile whenever they come up to bat because I actually do believe that they're going to start throwing average out of the window and, and when it comes to that because that's just not getting valued as much. No, it's it's really not. Um, you know, and him making nine all-star teams in the decade and just, just being um, as solid as you can ask for of a player. And he did everything, he did everything well. Mm. He could run, he could hit, he could hit for a little bit of pop. Um, 
obviously excellent defender. You know, yeah. You know, good enough arm to play second base, and um, you know, just five tool player. He he wasn't interested in being one of these guys that could just do one or two things. Well, he was interested in being a well all around player, which right. I really like. And I loved him as a broadcaster. Some people couldn't stand him, but I loved him as a broadcaster. Mm. I don't know why why people couldn't stand Joe Morgan, but I thought he was great. I thought he had great insight to the game. Oh wow! That see. One of those things where you 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 have your history buff when it comes to MLB, Jake. Uh, <laughs> all right, so his war so far better than anybody else's in this decade, a six point nine. I mean, that's wow. Yeah, no, he was Incredible. yeah, he was that good. Incredible. I mean, like I said, he to me he's the best second baseman because he he was one of the first guys that could really pop. Yeah, um, I don't think a lot of the second basemen prior really had a whole lot of pop and. You know, so I don't really think belong career war is five point eight per year. Yeah, yeah, and per a certain number of plate appearances. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and you know, you're looking at that as a whole, and I think war is a good. I don't think it's end all be all stat, but it, you know, but if you pull up my argument for war is if you pull up the top fifty MLB players all time, mm-hmm. and you look at the war. And you go, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And you keep going down the list. It's like, okay, well, yeah, that's the top 50 base. That's the top 50 players all time. Mm. And that's the that's the main argument I have for war. Yeah, I don't like it in every instance, but it's like, man, that's it's a useful tool, especially when, you know, okay, we were born in the 90s. I didn't get to see these guys in the 70s play other than highlights and clips and get to read about them. Yeah. But you look at war and you go, oh, okay, I get it. Like this guy compared to this guy in my era, that make you know, Sure. A lot of metrics involved, and it makes sense. Um, sure, yeah. I mean, so I, I'm looking at these stats, and I like to to focus in on one and find where he was great at. And dude, he he drew a lot of walks. He yeah. got on base. Yeah, and that, he got that was on base. A, a thing that was really big for him. Is um, he was really good at stealing bases too? Um, when it was time, he didn't steal a lot of garbage bases, but whenever yeah, he, he needed, wow, whenever that's th- incredible. I'm looking at these. Oh my god, 689 total stolen bases. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, 40, 42, 70, 40, and 71. So his highest in that decade was he tied himself twice. Not, 73 and 75, he had 67 steals. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My he was, goodness. He, like I said, he wasn't a guy that he wasn't going to steal a lot of garbage bases. He wasn't going to steal if they were up a lot or down a lot. Wow. Um, but whenever they needed or whenever they needed to steal, he'd get his lead, get his lead, and he'd steal. And wow. Um, Big Red Machine is a really good book that talked about the Reds, and I got to read a lot about Joe Morgan. So um, Joe Posnaski um, is a writer, sports writer, and um, he writes some really good articles, and he writes some really good books. So check that guy out. Yeah, absolutely. So let me run his quick career stats, and we can move on to the next player. So career hits, 2,517, 449 doubles, 96 triples, 268 uh, home runs, 1,000. 133 RBIs, which I think is awesome. 689 stolen bases, as I said. I mean, that's crazy. I've, I've never heard of that. Um, and uh, 1,865 walks. Wow. Batting average 271 all time. 819 um, on base plus slugging, which I think is great. Yeah. No. It, I think you hit it. I think you hit the nail yeah. on the head. Uh, MVP uh, twice, so that follows his 75 season, 76 season. Yeah, so we've got um, three MVPs so far this decade. Wow. 
Yeah, you, you know, got between... quite a squad. <laughs> quite yeah. a squad right here, yeah. man. I mean, um, I think they could easily take on modern all stars, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so too, uh, especially with the pitching staff. Um, I think I'd like to talk about one more guy, though. Yeah, absolutely. Let's 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 go through it. Mike Schmidt, best third baseman ever. Okay. In my opinion, Arenado might catch him. Um, and Beltre was just a tick behind him. Brett was. I already, sharp. I already missed Beltre. And I wasn't the biggest Ranger fan. Oh, I know. Beltre. And he was on Boston for a little bit, right? Yeah, he was. He yeah. was with Boston. He played with Seattle. He came up with the Dodgers. He um, loves Tommy Lasorda, which, of course, who doesn't? That's in the baseball circle. Um, but, um, you know, Brett Brett was a great player for the, for the Royals in the 80s and, I guess, early 90s. But he was not quite as good as Mike Schmidt. He hit for higher average a few years, but Mike Schmidt, three-time MVP. Um, he probably won all his MVPs in the '80s, though. But yeah, he did. You know, yeah, he was. Um, and then he got the, placed third in uh, 79, 78, 77, 76, 76. Yeah, so you know he <clears throat> he put up a lot of good numbers and hit a lot of home runs, and you know he hit 500 home runs in his career and. Just yeah, that's great. And he had he Brooks Robinson, great fielder. Five forty eight. Yeah, he could do. Yeah, he could do it all. Mike so, Schmidt could just do it all. I'm looking at his stats. He played uh, 1972 to 1989, so that's a total of 18 years. Uh, looking at this decade specifically uh, in his stats for that, here we go: uh, 947 hits, 183 doubles, 31 triples, 235 home runs. Uh, 666 RBIs, watch out, the other day was Friday the 13th, uh, 117 stolen bases, and batting average 255, on base 374, slugging 511, and on base plus slugging 885, so again, uh, over 850, that's fantastic. So if I'm looking at his career hitting stats, let's get to those, uh, in the 18 years he had 2,234 hits, 408 doubles, 59 triples, 548 home runs, as we already mentioned, which is stellar. Uh, RBIs, 1,595, so you can account for almost a third of his RBIs being from home runs. Uh, <laughs> um, stolen bases, 174, and uh, career batting average, 267, 380 on, 380 on base, uh, 527 slugging, and get this, Point nine zero eight career on base plus slugging. Yeah, I mean he he's one of those guys that was just a, a different category, different level. Um, you know, it, there's not like an exact thing for it, but to me, Mike Schmidt's one of those inner circle Hall of Fame type guys, like um, Ricky Henderson, Tom Seaver. I think it's the best pitcher ever. Mm. Um, you know, you got guys like. You keep throwing me better and better players, Jake, because I'm looking yeah. at his war right now per 650, and in that decade he's 7.3. It seems yeah. like all your picks he's, are getting better well, and better. Well, you know, <laughs> I just I have like I have got I love all these guys. Yeah. Um. You know, I like I said I love Rod Carew and and Morgan and Mike Schmidt's one of my favorite all time players just because I think he's again he's a he's a good ambassador for the game of baseball. Yeah. And I appreciate that about him, and I appreciate how good of a player he was. Yeah. So. So you know. looking at his career war, let me let me get this out. So from 1989 to 72, his career war per 650 plate appearances, 6.9. It's incredible, man. 
It's incredible. You're throwing me a lot of great players here. It's quite the squad, quite the lineup. Yeah, I think the only – I'm just kind of weak, a little bit in the outfield and mm-hmm. a little weak at shortstop. But other than that, I just – Where's Hank, Hank Aaron? Do you have him? Not on the 70s list, I don't. Oh, right. Yeah, I was th- I was doing the 60s well, list earlier Well, you know, and honestly, I don't even know if confused. I'd have him on my 60s list either, but that's a different wow. topic for – Hey, wow. Willie Mays, all right, Willie all right. Mays, Mickey Mantle. All right, we'll bookmark it. We'll bookmark yeah. it. <laughs> Let's put a pin in that one. Yeah, that's that's a good time. That's a good controversial. Yeah. yeah. DH. Is your well, DH? You know, okay, so I want to I talk about Hank Aaron real quick since you brought him up. All right, hold on. let me just interject just sure. a really quick fact that I think is important to mention about Mike Schmidt. Uh, 18 years, all Phillies. Yes, great. So let's not forget that. Mr. Philly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't think of a different guy that. Would would quantify that better than him? All right. I think of the Phillies. I think of Mike Schmidt. Yeah. I, all right. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. You threw me a lot of good players. I don't know how I'm going to be able to compete in a couple of days and when I when we do the sixties. So, you want to talk about Hank Aaron? Let's talk about Hank Aaron. So I want to talk about Hank Aaron for just a little bit. It's it's a really weird phenomena about him that he's kind of like a. St- a Sammy Sosa type guy to me. And now I, let me take that back and let me let me reword that. Hank Aaron was a great, not good, he was a great baseball player. Mm-hmm. I mean, before Barry, home run leader at one yeah, point. Yeah, he was the all-time leader in home runs before Barry Bonds. Right. And if, 23 I'm not, years. if I'm not mistaken, he used to be the all-time home or our time the RBI leader if he's not still. And I believe he... I believe he is either one or two in career RBIs. Um, but for some reason, I, I, th- I did a video, I actually did an animation a few years ago uh-huh. where I did MLB. You know what? I'll tag, I'll put that in our, in our, on our content. So everybody can check that out. Uh, I think there might be a couple things that have changed actually in recent years, but yeah, Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth and Alex Rodriguez, I believe were in the RBI uh, top three. So the thing about Hank Aaron is a lot of guys forget about him and underrate him. But yeah. you know, you don't think about him sometimes. Like it's true. when I think of like all time great players, okay, Roberto Clemente. Yeah. Great player. See, if, I, I, I'm the opposite on that. I forget about Roberto Clemente, but I always remember Hank Aaron. Which Hank I, Aaron, I I need to always remember both. I mean, the, the what they did to the game is incredible. Hank Aaron for the home runs and all the RBIs. Um not a huge guy, but you know a great player. Um, you know, like I said, I'm not comparing Hank Aaron to Sammy Sosa. Don't so don't hate me, right. fans. Um, but Sammy Sosa hit 600 home runs, and he can't get 20 percent on the ballot. Yeah, it's just amazing to me. That yeah, he can't. The court bat thing, I think, it doesn't help his case. No, it doesn't. And but the thing is, he never even failed a test or has been linked to anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I I think it is a disservice to what Sosa did growing up watching uh, Sosa, McGuire, Bonds was. Uh, I mean, that got everybody interested in baseball. I remember that everyone home run record after you know single season home run record and McGuire setting the rookie record. Aaron Judge beats it. Pete Alonso beats it. You know, uh, I mean it's fun to watch the home run races back then. They were they were a lot of fun. To me, 
I don't care what a lot of the old timers say, but they helped save baseball after the strike in '94. Yeah, and you know a lot of people got mad because the players wanted more money, and the common people got mad at millionaire baseball players instead of the billionaire owners. Yeah, which is who they should be mad about. And 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 Jake, you present a good point because uh, people last year were worried about there being another potential strike either in 2020 or 2021, but I think uh, this past winter meetings, it's shown that uh, teams and GMs and owners were willing to throw all this money at players because I think a lot of players felt like last year was, was kind of ridiculous. Nobody was getting signed, or if they were, it was for pennies, and players weren't getting the money that they were valued. But let's switch, let's quickly switch the topic back to Hank Aaron and close out on his stats. Um but we could. That's definitely a great topic for another time because this past winter meetings is was not like last year at by any means. So Hank Aaron, most hits ever, third place rather, uh, three thousand seven hundred seventy one, um, and that's his career total. If we're looking at doubles, six hundred twenty four, uh, ninety eight triples, seven hundred fifty five home runs, as we mentioned earlier. And RBIs two thousand two hundred ninety seven, uh, batting average career three hundred five, three seventy four on base five fifty five slugging and a career nine two eight on base plus slugging, which is well over the eight fifty mark. Twenty three years in the game, uh, Jake. What do you so you think he gets passed over? Sometimes he gets forgotten about. Um. Just when you talk about like all time greats, everybody says, "Oh, Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, um, you know Barry Bonds now, Roger Clemens, yeah, Steve Carlton, Tom Seaver, Roberto Clemente, mm-hmm. guys are Interstellar Hall of Fame. You know, Hank Aaron's obviously in there. I just think sometimes we're like, yeah, I kind of forget about Hank Aaron as far as you know most home runs did have the most or still does have the most RBIs, yeah, you know, all time." So, yeah, it the the list top RBIs all time: Hank Aaron, two thousand two hundred ninety-seven; Babe Ruth, two thousand two hundred fourteen; um, Alex Rodriguez in two thousand eighty-six. And Pujols is climbing that ladder at two thousand seventy-five. I think he's after coming off of what an eighty ninety RBI season. I think it's fair to say next year he's easily going to pass Ro- oh, yeah. Rodriguez. He, he'll he'll pass a Rod for sure, and which is um, crazy to me. It it is and it isn't. Right. Um, I just I just well, like talking Rodri- about Hank Rodriguez Aaron lost a whole year. He did. A little yeah. uh, more than a little more, more than, than a year. He lost a full year being suspended, and he lost other times for being hurt. Right. So, yeah. So I just like talk a little throw that tidbit about Hank Aaron. Can't talk about seventies baseball without Hank Aaron. So I just no, want to talk about him for a little bit. That's true, and and I think it's also important to mention the the times he played, the eras that he lived in, and and. Uh, coming up during a lot there was a lot of uh, racism and discrimination uh, when he was playing you know 54 all the way to 76 and you know he dealt with that firsthand and and uh, I think there was a a, a a fighter or somebody online I can't remember it's probably some a f- famous boxer or somebody but the saying was kind of like you know I don't want to throw the fight I'm gonna knock him out because it was the only way to get attention right right and and that's kind of you have to prove that you're that you're a part of it. And in that in that time period, you know, you weren't respected unless you had the stats to back it up. Nowadays, you know, we're 
every you know we're equals as we all should be and and i think you know hey if you planted him now i think he'd do better than that honestly i think he'd do i wouldn't say way better but i would say better for sure I think it's hard to compare across eras, even compare guys to now than, you know, 20 years ago. Um, the game's it's always, it has the changed. Game's always changing. It's always changing. Tragedy, sure. what's valued is always changing. The field dimensions are always changing. They're moving in, they're moving back, they're moving in, mm. they're moving back. Those are good points. Um, you know, it's be, average, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. average is high, valued or average isn't valued or home runs stolen are valued. Bases, or, you know, stolen bases, yeah. Right, exactly. Right. So I think the game, to me the game's cyclical and, you know, It'll it'll go back the other way once the pendulum goes too far back and yeah. um they just baseball decides the nerds have had it for too long and it'll go back the other <laughs> way for a little while. Yeah, yeah, you got a point. You know, how far can you take analytics and teach the players how to how to use them? It's hard to look at numbers and translate that over. Um so I always like to end the podcast on something fun, something related to baseball or something I think is is good for baseball and uh, I heard that uh, during the winter meetings that uh, Manfred had said that all 30 teams starting 2020 will have their nets uh, past the dugouts on either side, I believe, or, or a little bit further than the dugouts. Um, and some teams have uh, elected to move the nets kind of to the elbow line where kind of like the infield meets outfield or a little bit, I think maybe a little bit deeper than that when it breaks off more into the deep outfield. Now uh, with all the recent fan injuries, do you think this is a good move, Jake? I mean, I think everybody thinks this is a good move. I just mean someone, it is unfortunate that in the era of, you know, instantaneous stimulation, you know, you may not be paying attention to the game. Um, I'm not going to blame somebody from getting hit. There's also the legality of your ticket said, watch out for foul balls. That's kind of your responsibility. Um, Now, in some cases, it's just uh, unfortunate situations. Like, I think a child got hit once or twice, and these balls are coming off the bat at 100-plus miles per hour. So, you know, you could really get a quick uh, concussion or worse uh, in terms of the head and the brain injury if it hits you there. But... I think this is good for baseball. I think that it's unfortunate it's going to make it harder to get a foul ball, um, but I'd rather have safety while watching a sporting event. Yeah, and and the thing about it is, is five years from now, people are hardly going to remember. Ten years from now, people are going to forget. And in twenty five years, nobody's going to remember baseball without them hardly. You know, it's like it's like everything else that's changing. Like, okay, I was so anti pitching clock. But I forget it's there. Right. It's it's one of those things that they made a slight change and kind of like uh, catcher pitcher mound visits. Yeah, I mean, in it's gonna be the same thing next year, right. and you know, five years down the road, whenever they institute now, now they're instituting the um, three batter minimum unless yeah. you finish an inning rule, which is I'm cool with whatever. Right. Um. So, you know, it's gonna be a big what to do about nothing everybody's gonna forget about it <laughs> and nobody's gonna remember the nothing. the lefty specialist that would come in to face yeah. one batter yeah at the beginning of an inning or you know the middle of an inning so it's you know, gonna I, be I interesting kinda, i kind of miss that yeah. yeah lineup uh lineups now are different girardi so 
as everybody knows, and we mentioned, Didi went back to the Phillies, and the other day they had the press conference for Zach Wheeler and Didi, and Girardi was there. And uh, when Girardi was talking about building his lineup, because Didi's a lefty uh, power bat, kind of to the to the to the right side, right? Um, you know, he was like, I'm thinking three, four, five, somewhere in there. Kind of depends on, you know with this new rule and I'm glad that he's talking about that rule. It is kind of a change. How are you going to throw them out there? You know, something to consider later on. What is their bullpen like? Right. What, you know, what's the future there? So I think that's an interesting take. I do remember it quite a bit ago when, um, really back in the late two thousands when the Phillies had, um, Shane Victorino oh, I remember and Shane Chase Utley and Ryan yeah. Howard yeah. batting all right around there. Now, Victorino was a switch hitter, yeah. but Lefty and um, Howard and um, Raul Banez, I believe, was, was in the heart of that order, too, where they would just throw a lefty, you know. So, you know, you might try to break it up a little bit to where they're not getting so much of an advantage to where the lefty has to face some right-hand hitters. I mean, I don't know. It's just You're right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on how teams build their – how teams build their lineups and how teams build their teams and based on, you know, left-handed and right-handed hitters. So it's that's why I love this game, man. It's always yeah. changing. It's, it's always, always getting better. It's, all, it's it just is. cyclical. You're right. Yeah. You can't compare it to the old eras, but you can appreciate what's new about it and, and how uh, coaches and, uh, and how the players shape the game. It's exciting. Jake, you want to close us off tonight? Yeah. Hey, thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening to Louisville Sluggers podcast. Um we love this game, and we're trying to grow this game. So, you know, reach out and tell other people about us and tell us to give us a listen. Uh, Zach, you know, thanks for doing what you do and helping me be a part of this, man. I really appreciate your help, and I really appreciate being a part of this thing. Oh, Go well, Rangers. Hey, man. <laughs> I uh, I appreciate your baseball knowledge. I don't have a vast knowledge like you. And for someone on your end, too, you know, you've done a lot of umpiring. Uh, you you do baseball uh you coach so yes. you know we played together so you have a very long a vast knowledge of baseball and the inner and the outer workings i would say uh so uh jake yeah i'm glad we're doing this you know eight episodes in so far we got plenty more on the way uh please make sure to follow us on instagram uh we're at lewisville sluggers and on twitter at l town sluggers and like us on facebook as well just under lewisville sluggers podcast Thanks again, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, We're probably not going to get an episode in next week, but we'll see you in the new year, 2020, Jake. Oh, man. Looking forward to it. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you after the new year. See you, everybody.